Amen. Hear the gospel from Luke chapter 17. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. The Lord replied, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Who among you would say to your slave who has just come in from plowing or tending sheep in the field, come here at once and take your place at the table? Would you not rather say to him, prepare supper for me, put on your apron and serve me while I eat and drink? Later you may eat and drink? Do you thank the slave for doing what was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were ordered to do, say, we are worthless slaves. We have done only what we ought to have done. The gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Everywhere that I have had the privilege to serve in ministry, there's always been one thing in common with all of these places. And it's very complex. There has always been someone named Bob as a part of the congregation. Thank God for the Bobs. I think back to the lazy town of Greenwood, South Carolina. I was in college attending Lander University and serving as a part-time minister of music at two local churches. One of these churches was a newer congregation in Greenwood as compared to the many historic churches that were well over 100 years old in that area. And in this congregation, yes, there was a man named Bob. Bob was unassumingly quiet. He was getting older in his age. Over the time, I developed a relationship with Bob. And the church had a huge lot next to the building. And on many Saturdays, I would drive by and Bob would be on a John Deere tractor mowing the lawn of that great field. Oftentimes, to prepare for music rehearsals, I had to work in the evenings at the church after classes, and I would hear the vacuum cleaner running. It was Bob. And various times throughout the year, the flower beds would have been replanted and mulched. And upon seeing the finished product, I'd think to myself, wow, this is so beautiful. It must be that Bob had been by that day. And after getting to know Bob's life, I learned that he had been a decorated veteran who served in World War II and made many, many sacrifices for his country. He was a husband and a father. He lost a daughter who had a battle with pancreatic cancer. And I went to his house one day and he told me, he said, I always wanted to be a pastor, but I've never gotten the sense from God that this really is my calling and what I'm supposed to do with my life. And then he showed me stacks of sermons he had written that he said he preached to himself and Bible studies that he had led over many years. And I exclaimed to him, I said, Bob, you should have done it. He said, Matthew, you should know better than anybody that you don't do this 
unless you have a calling from God. But my mission and my ministry has been to serve. In fact, after he retired from a successful career, when it was time to put the feet up and relax, Bob and his spouse moved to Greenwood to assist with this particular church plant. Bob's mission was to serve the Lord with all of his heart, soul, mind, body, and strength, to serve Jesus Christ, his Savior, and to not be noticed. Now, the Gospel of Luke has been full of challenges to the hearers of Scripture in the chapters preceding this. Teachings that lead us to place our total trust in God and not in our possessions. Uh, teachings to enter the kingdom of God like little children and not like know-it-alls. In the first few verses of Luke 17, there are three teachings related to our concerns for the little ones in the world. Teachings about the way we injure and sin against one another and the call for us to forgive one another. It's a lot at once, so it's understandable why the apostles said in the beginning of this passage, increase our faith. Increase our faith. They were seeing and experiencing things that had never been consummated before. They were living in an intense and polarizing world. They experienced collective injustice in the greater society and they were following a countercultural Jew from Nazareth who claimed he was ushering in the kingdom of God. They saw the sin and misfortune of so many people but they also saw the healing power of their teacher. So no wonder they shouted, with all of this going on in their minds, increase our faith. And what they did not realize is that having faith as small as a mustard seed, well, that's a huge step in and of itself. Jesus has a way of speaking to us, doesn't he? The apostles knew that the mustard seed was the smallest of seeds used in the fields because they understood agriculture. And a mustard seed seems so tiny and insignificant. But in a parable that we read in the Gospel of Matthew, a mustard seed grows and strengthens over time and it matures into this mighty tree giving protection and shade to the birds of the air. And Jesus says, if you have the faith as small as a mustard seed, you can call things as though they were in my kingdom with just that much faith. Now, isn't it interesting that often in our lives of faith, having been patterned by the ways of the world and not the gospels, that we consistently desire to increase, increase, increase our faith, just like those disciples. And I guess there's nothing wrong about that, but often acknowledging that God gives us mustard seed faith, that's a big step in and of itself. Ask someone who lost a child too soon 
or ask someone who has experienced the torture of debilitating sickness or disease. Ask the starving, ask the addicted, ask the lonely. Sometimes all you can garner up is that much faith. Yes, a mustard seed is a big step in and of itself and don't let anyone tell you otherwise. What seems small to the world is big to God. Then Jesus shifts the gears. He goes into this sharp teaching on humility. He basically asks that once you have been serving the master all day in the fields, do you come home from that and make demands? Do you come home and say, okay, I've been serving, time to feed me. Then I'll be happy. No, Jesus says that serving is in and of itself the reward. And today for all of us, we hear this. We don't have to have what the false prophets in our society define as faith. Many define faith in a way that says if you believe enough, you will get what you want, like God is a magician waving around a wand, waiting for you to provide the right formula. Oh, there they go, there they go, poof. Ludicrous. Faith for us, both small and large, is not in anything other than the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We recall in this morning's epistle lesson from 2 Timothy, this grace was given to us in Christ Jesus when? Before the ages even began? And it's now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who abolished death and brought forth life and immortality to light through the gospel. Jesus the Christ is the example of servanthood. Jesus didn't do his work and then demand of his followers to build him a shrine, to erect a statue of himself, to provide him a great feast after he had been serving all day long. On the contrary, Jesus fulfilled his mission and when he did, there were a couple of women left over around his cross. That's all that was left. Everyone else deserted him. And he served until the end and because of his service as the son of God, he changed the world as we know it. Now in our war-torn, polarizing political world, it is hard to find real examples of humility. Rather, we are constantly bombarded with judgments. It is hard to discover examples of those people who have faith as a mustard seed and do good things for the good of others just for the sake of doing it. But we often are looking in the wrong places. 
And I call us to look at the church of Jesus Christ. The church is the place where we find our examples. The church is the place where we find our bobs, the bobs that teach us how to be followers of Christ out there. It is followers of Christ that are truly following Jesus with a servant's heart and attitude that we find inspiration, that we find the devoted life, an interior that has been changed by grace upon grace upon grace. Those who serve and in no way ask for any credit. Jesus says, those are your leaders and examples. And today is World Communion Sunday and I value this day because I can imagine people all around the world in cities and villages and prisons and in hospitals and cathedrals and outside chapels, people gathering in Southwest Florida under broken roofs with no power or with no running water, partaking Holy Communion together, the shared meal of God, there are billions around the world that are going to sip some wine and have a small piece of bread and remember the servant of all. When the shelling of Kyiv, Ukraine was initiated and began to be bombed, Major Archbishop Shevchuk said that because of the curfew, you can't go into the church buildings but the church is gonna come to you. Our priests, he said, will descend to the underground. They will descend to the bomb shelter and there they will celebrate the divine liturgy. As we live in a world where globalization has often undermined efforts of peace and justice in a time when fear divides the people of God's earth, this is the day we celebrate our oneness in Christ, the Prince of Peace, in the midst of the world we are called to serve. So maybe the only way to continue to see the kingdom of God come upon the earth as it is in heaven, maybe the only way is by having just enough faith, that size. Even the size of a mustard seed. Maybe if God would give each of us that, we would see the world as Jesus saw it. Maybe that's where the power to change the world dwells. Maybe that's the power of God that breaks down barriers among people and helps us see each and every single person as someone created in God's image and in need of a savior. Well, the senior pastor of that Greenwood church was on a vacation traveling when I got the call. Matthew, Bob's going down. Bob's not doing well at all. I got to know Bob a great deal at that point. I went to his home because the pastor said I needed to go because he couldn't. And I went into his home and the hospice was surrounding him. And he was gasping for air in some of his last moments of that 
demon pancreatic cancer. And I said, Lord, increase my faith, increase my faith. And I prayed for his healing. I laid my hands on him like we read in 2 Timothy. I prayed for his healing and he smiled. I said, Bob, what is going on? He smiled and he looked at me. He whispered to me, he said, don't pray that way. <laughs> he whispered to me and said, I'm ready to see Jesus. Do pray that I've been a faithful servant of our Lord. 